Iowa everywhere. Jordan Bohannon, Jared Stansberry. It's Jared and J-Bo on Iowa Everywhere. This is Iowa Everywhere. Yo, welcome into the podcast. You're on Iowa Everywhere. What's up, Jordan? How's it going? I am fantastic, Jared. How are where, you doing? Where are you out on your ad on your uh, your Rust Belt swing now? Yeah, I'm in the middle of the Rust Belt in the great state of Michigan in the great city of Grand Rapids. I didn't realize that Grand Rapids' team was uh, was Denver's team. No. Yeah. I, yeah. I saw the highlights on Instagram the other night, and I was like, GR, GRG. Mm-hmm. Who the hell is this? And then you start looking at the court a little bit. It's like, oh wait, this is Denver's team. What? That's just kind of random. No, no, it's cool though. Yeah, their G League team's not very good, to be honest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> granted, we got like six NBA guys on our team, yeah. so it's, it's a really little fair. bit, yeah, a little bit different. But how was your Thanksgiving? Otherwise, it was, good. it was good. What about you? It was good, man. Yeah, it was busy. Uh, busy couple days with covering games and everything going on with family out there. I don't know if you saw. I went to the Civil War uh at oregon state i saw so that, was, that. that was pretty cool uh that was a crazy game oregon oregon's coach uh should have been jailed i think for his handling of of their 21 point lead in that game uh but man I'm it just, was i'm it, just so happy you're using my language right now it's just it brings i'm i'm my nipples are getting a little hard right now <laughs> What were we talking about when I said that the other night? Oh, it was the it was Iowa State against UConn. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, no, the it. Yeah, that was uh, that was funny. Uh, but it was a good weekend, man. And uh, my my dad's family's huge, so he has five brothers. So there's like seventy five people at our Thanksgiving on Jeez. Thursday. It was a lot, man. It was a lot, but uh, but it was That's fun. That's fun, though. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. Got to hang out with some of my cousins and stuff. So it was, it was cool, but, uh, Iowa state obviously had a good weekend, a couple big wins. And then, uh, you know, kind of came up short against UConn, but we can talk about UConn. I think that's a damn good basketball team after, uh, getting a chance to see them up close. Iowa, uh, we got to start here. You needed to, to break out the dictionary, the vocabulary, uh, test to tell us what you thought was going to happen in the, the game on black Friday between the, Hawkeyes and the corn huskers. You thought the, the huskers were gonna get annihilated. What happened? Was, oh, what happened? To be honest, Jared, I think it's because I I I could not say the word and now I I don't even think I can say it still. I was just it's gonna say, I, I think you you spoke it into existence. You couldn't even say the word for what was gonna happen, and it's like that just set the tone right there for what was gonna be coming. Yeah, there's I don't even know how to explain the game. I didn't watch I couldn't watch too much of it because i had a game that day um but man the highlights i saw the little bit i did see depressing dude it really is when you get they just the iowa fan base i i feel i feel sorry for everyone like they just got i mean obviously i feel sorry for the players but got bam got tricked back into getting back on the boat just in time to get and find out the boat still got a leak in it this is the ultimate blue ball season. If we want to have the blue ball season of the century, this is this is it. They couldn't start out worse. 
lost mm-hmm. losing to in state rival and then everything just started downhill and then oh blue balls are coming <laughs> when, are, when are we going to be coming nothing was coming and then yep just look at it just look at it this way at least they don't have to go to the big 10 title game and get stomped by michigan you know like at least purdue gets to go and do that now i wouldn't enjoy it though to watch it though i like would you have no but i would have liked to see if they would have got to the big 10 title game and let's say they pull off a miracle upset they Mm -hmm. they won seven to three and like what i wanted to see what happened with the coaching staff yeah if that if that was the situation I feel like now it's like they're gonna make it. They have to make it. They have to make some changes. You can't. Hey, you don't want to slip into into Nebraska's territory. You know, Nebraska didn't want to slip into Iowa's territory all those years ago. Now you don't want to slip into Nebraska's territory. So it's true. You lose that game in Nebraska. That's got to be a wake up call. It's Nebraska too. They haven't beat Iowa in so long. And just how much was riding on that game? You were, you hadn't even played college game yet the last time Nebraska beat Iowa, had you? Well, I don't think I, it was like yeah, like seven, eight. I think it was like eight or nine years the last time Iowa beat lost yeah, to so Nebraska. That, that would have been what your your red shirt year. So that would have been my senior year in college. Yeah, <laughs> the first one. Yeah, the first, the first senior year. <laughs> right, right, uh, man. Yeah, that was. I don't know. I, I, I even like as someone who has like I grew up a Nebraska fan growing up around Nebraska football even I thought there was no way that they were going to win that game I thought that they it until the game was over I didn't think Nebraska was going to win the game to be completely honest how is senior night two like everything is lined up perfectly for Iowa to win that game well and I was like, I I thought it I mean it stinks it's like Spencer Petras got his ass kicked all year and then gets knocked out in the last game of the season you know like that just was tough. It was just a it was a bad day. Not a good not a good situation. It was a shitty day. In explicit terms, it was a shitty fucking day. You got annihilated. You basically just got annihilated. Uh that was a good day for Iowa State because Iowa State upset North, number 1 North Carolina on that day. Uh got the win over Villanova on Thursday. We can talk about a couple of these different teams. Um what did you think of Iowa State in the time that you watched them over the weekend? Um, I mean, I'm not shocked at all. I don't know why they had – it almost felt like they are kind of overlooked, I felt mm-hmm. like. I, I didn't think they – I think, honestly, they deserved to be in the top 25 to start the season. Just what they have coming had coming back this year. They have a lot of pieces that fits the mold of a normal TJ – Right. team that he wants the really active guys on defense and you know they're not they're not incredibly gifted scorers but they're going to work their ass off and they're going to play defense they're going to get stops and they're going to get good shots so i wasn't surprised at all i think they're they're going to have a chance to make a running for regular season big 10 or big 12 uh title if they continue to play like they did granted unc is not as good as mm-hmm. a lot of people are saying they are even i did not see this coming but yeah I, I think, think uh, UConn's I, also really fucking good too. So yeah, well, and that's where like I think is you know I've been covering like this will be my ninth year covering the Big Twelve. You get an idea of when you see a good team, it's like well, this is what a good team looks like. And Iowa State played their first couple games, and I was like, man, 
I think a lot of people are going to be surprised. This team's good. Like this team's yeah. like has a chance to be really good. I think. And when I got out there, I just got a sense that nobody out there, there was no buzz about Iowa state whatsoever, which I thought was probably going to be kind of a good thing for them at the end of the day, you know, mm-hmm. and Villanova, I don't know what the situation is with them. I thought after they lost that game on Thursday, it was like they went back home. I mean, they were basically done at that point, you know, and like they badly need Justin Moore back in their rotation. I don't know what the deal is with that, but there's, there's cracks in the foundation of, I think what they've got going on out there. Um, but I think that this Iowa state team, they just share the ball more. They feel like they play so much more cohesively than what last year's team did at this time, last year's team at this time, they could really get after you defensively, but it, and then offensively, it was kind of based on what can one person give you on any given night, you know, that was going to take you over the hump. I think this team has that ability to give you, to attack you in a lot more different ways and they can play together. Well, you know, more maybe than what they did last year. It just seems like they get better looks in there. They are able to run more cohesive offense consistently than what they were last season. I don't know if you see that as well. Yeah, I agree. I think also a large part of the, um, the loss of UConn they had, I think they just, they just looked really tired. Honestly, UConn has a damn good team, dude. Yeah, They are really good. And nothing taken away from Iowa state. Like they still, worked their asses off and um they just didn't couldn't get anything going when caleb or uh i'm trying to think Kalsher. Uh, did, did no did, uh well Kalsher did not play well uh, but uh caleb yeah. he only i don't think he, he didn't he shoot score. the ball well that's that no did, he didn't shoot the ball well at all second i know he didn't shoot the ball night. i don't even think he had it did he even have a point he maybe did right at the very end but not yeah but I mean, I even saw that coming too. Like you wouldn't give a hot. Yeah. You like texted that. me. You texted me yeah. and asked if I thought that he'd shoot like that again. Yeah. No. But I think if he's able to make that step grill and continue it, he doesn't have to score 30 points a game. Right. If, he, if, he, if he's able to knock down three to four game, threes a game, I mean, that's a difference maker right there. Well, I and, think that if they can just get him in Cal shirt or where, you know, on any given night that you can get anywhere from, 10 to 13 points from those two guys. Like you feel confident, you know, right now it's, you're going to get 20 from Gabe, like every three nights, but then you're going to get two, four, six, and then 20, 20 again, you know, he's like the most bizarre athlete college basketball player I've ever watched. Cause I, I played against when he's him good. Me. He's really good. Like that's the yeah. thing I, that when he's playing well and you can see he's playing really confident, he's really good, but it's just, it's, I, it's getting that in him all the time. I remember, uh, because I played against him at Minnesota for mm-hmm. I think two years and he was like a 48% three point shooters freshman year. And we're all, I remember we're all saying like, dude, this kid's going to be like, he's going to make 400 plus threes in the big 10. Like he's going to be unbelievable. Then every single year he's like, kind of like starting to go downhill with percentages that breakout game he had last year with i was seeing the tournament was huge i think for his confidence because I, he did not have a good year last year at no, all no. but I, I don't know what it like like you said he'll go off for 20 20 in a game and then he'll be silent for the next three weeks it just doesn't make much sense to me i don't know if that's that, like the offensive scheme that tj has because it's I, not really much like flow I, but i don't think it is like, i don't no, i don't think yeah. that's what it is it but you look at the like he put up 23 points against villanova and you 
I remember sitting there watching the game and thinking like, oh man, like this was a pretty efficient 23 points for Gabe. And then you look at the statistics, he was five for 19 from the field or something like that. Eight of 19 from the field, you know, which is obviously not efficient at all. So it was, it was just, it's weird where he sometimes has those nights where he'll like volume score, but they hold teams down so much that it, you know, one bucket feels way more impactful than, you know, what one miss does at the end of the day. And so I don't know, like, it's just as weird, but like I said, if they can get it to where, you know, him and grill, like are just, you're going to get one into the spectrum or the other. It's like, can you get those two guys to play somewhere in the middle for you every night? And if you can, you're going to have a chance to win a lot of games and you're going to be able to score better. You know, like it's not just going to be because you have really good defense it's because you have really good defense and then good offense, you know, above average to good offense. Whereas right now it's like you have really good defense and then you hope to have average to above average offense on a good night, you know? Yeah. And it's not like they're taking terrible shots. Like you can, no, they get good looks. I, yeah. yeah. Like Gabe, Gabe got good looks in the game. Caleb just wasn't getting open at all. You you could tell that was a huge scouting report for UConn to not let him get going at all. But I don't know what the deal was for him on Friday, but man, he hit those first couple of them right away, and you could tell it was like he hit like the first two, and it's like, oh man, yeah, you can see it. He's feeling it now. But he was taking shots that it's like you would never see him take normally. The last shot that he took with the the fading to the side jumper that gave him a shot, but yeah, crazy shot. And it's like any other scenario you would sit there. If Caleb's taking that shot, you're like, Oh geez, like what are we getting into here? And, but he just, the rim was like the ocean, you know, it was crazy. I improbable performances. That would be up there as one of the most improbable. I think I've ever seen. The thing is too, like, touch on north carolina I, that, that team is just so mind-boggling to me it is yeah. a bizarre team it's almost they're playing with so much first of all the to touch on what game was it was it the arkansas game uh or not the arkansas game the uh what was their what was their last game they played in the tournament? alabama the one that went alabama, to four overtimes yeah. Yeah. yeah i was spacing off on the team they played yeah but they had like some bizarre matchups out the last part of the game and i, I know big Kyle went down i guess he had an ankle injury but i'm like pete nance he they have the out of bounds play and it's in the fourth overtime he throws the ball to no one mm-hmm. i'm like do you guys like i know it's like a consolation game but that was a big fucking game for resume wise. Like yeah. at the end of the year, when they look at resumes, like, okay, neutral side game, top 10 teams playing against each other. Like that's, that was a huge game. I don't even understand that. It didn't even feel like either team wanted to win, to win that game. I think Alabama's team is going to be pretty good. I, I think those yeah. guys are tough. That Brandon Miller, that guy really can go. Good. Yeah, yeah. That guy can really, really go. Uh, but I, the read I got on North Carolina is they remind me of like, uh, man, you know, like when LeBron was with the heat those last couple of years and all through the regular season, they would kind of sleepwalk and then yeah. they'd go on a run, like right at the end. And all of a sudden they'd be the three seed in the East. Mm-hmm. That's like what North Carolina makes me think of is that right now they're kind of like, yeah, I mean, we went to the national championship game. We know our team for the most part. We're kind of just out here going through the motions and then there's going to come a point where we're going to turn it on, or at least you think that you can turn it on, you know, they just, it just was, a. Uh, they don't seem like a connected team 
right now from what I was able to get a read on them. And the body language just seemed weird. When yeah, were, it seemed bad. Like, them. Yeah, it just – it doesn't look like a team full of veterans like what it should. Especially when you have the star power they have. I, I, oh, it's yeah. almost like – I feel like that might be an issue with, with – some of the guys they have coming back that there's so many guys that are trying to make it to the next level and they all decided to come back. Like well, how you much know, all three, and back? you know, they all got the bag, you know, yeah. too. They're all getting paid good money to come back to UNC, but they're also like, they want to make the NBA and they want to show out this year. So how much is that truly going to impact the rest of the year? I mean, I would think coach Davis is going to figure it out because he's a really good coach. Right. And you know, if he was able to pull off what he did last year and this year, like, I would imagine they're going to be okay, but man, they do. They look out of sorts right now. Uh, Baycott is the one that I think is the most baffling to me because it felt like what he did before was so built on energy and like being the guy that was going to play harder and work harder than everybody else. And when I watched him in person, that did not, I did not see that come through, you know? And so that was really disappointing as someone who loves to watch big man is it's like you get the excited it's like okay this is another one of those guys and i walked away i was like man that was a that was a bummer to kind of watch he just did not look like the guy that i thought he was going to and maybe that'll be something that again that he can turn on as the season goes along but that just is it there just looks like there's something disconnected there with that team that that needs to come together and i don't know what that is but yeah weird but, team. i mean you got credit to Iowa State when they played them. They they played really really good and yeah. they they did everything They're, they could. North Carolina even still is probably one of the top twenty five teams in the country. Oh, yeah, like yeah. they still are. Yeah, they're, they're not going to top twenty five team. Just town alone puts that. That's their town alone is going to keep them in the top twenty five no matter what. I almost feel like at the beginning of the season we should have like a whole grouping of teams. It's like these are the teams that are the top twenty five. We're not going to rank them, you know, but it's like you can watch these 25 teams and sit there and be reasonably content with the idea that they're one of the 25 best, you know, yeah. or the one of the 50 best or like whatever you want to do to, to cut it off. Uh, because one of those teams that really impressed me, the analytics are never going to jump off the page form or anything like that. That Portland team is really good. They're <laughs> like, really good. Yes. Really good. That Portland team is really, really good. And I, they I shoot watched the play shit out of the ball. Yeah. Shoot the shit out of the ball. They run great stuff and get great looks time after time. Like Shante Liggins is a, is a star. That guy is going to be a huge deal in basketball, whether it's in the pac 12 or something like that. Like someone is going to bring him up and they're going to be really happy that they did it. Cause that team is good. I don't know if they're going to make the tournament. Obviously it's tougher to make it as a night large out of the the WCC, but that's a veteran team. And you could tell that they're going to give some people some trouble. That's like, what's fun about those events though, is you see some teams that you would never, I never would have watched that team any other time. You know, yeah, but to yeah. see them in that event, I was like, man, this is pretty cool. I like, I like watching these guys. Dude, I, I watched their Michigan State game, and I'm like, this is unbelievable. They, what oh, they were down like 11 with a minute and a half left, and they cut it within one, like within a minute. Oh, and they kicked the shit out of Villanova. Like yeah, that kicked wasn't the shit even, out of them. It wasn't even close. You know, yeah. that was clear, and that's where where I was kind of like, man, it seems like these guys don't even want to be here about Villanova. You know, that was just a weird. Just a weird deal. Uh, on the other side of that tournament, Purdue comes up with the win in uh, in the PKL. What did you think of uh, of the Boilermakers? So before the season, you know, I I remember there's a lot of people asking me on, on Twitter that 
asking about Purdue. And I, I figured they're going to be really good, had a chance to contend with the Big Ten title. The only question I had was their three-point shooting and point guard play. And I think they answered both those questions this mm-hmm. tournament. The, Smith is unbelievable at point guard. He is like the perfect point guard for a Matt Painter team. And Lawyer shooting the shit out of the ball. Gillis is stepping up this year. Morton is one of the best glue guys, I think, in the country. And Edie is one of the best power, one of the best players in the country this year, too. I think there, they have a chance. Is there a tougher to matchup in college basketball than Zach Edie? Honestly, no. I mean, I, I'm of all the players in the college basketball, he there's no one as tough to match up with. I'm not even talking about individual wise, like team wise, like trying to match up with a team that has a guy like that. He's it's, it's crazy. Like look at what, when I played against him, when he was a freshman, he was, he was bad. Like he was really, really bad. You couldn't even put him in the game. He was just huge. Yeah. Yeah. He He was was just a giant fucking human being. Yeah. And now like they developed that man. He worked his ass off, whatever they did. I mean, he has a chance to win player of the year this year. Yeah. He's playing. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. I think right now, if you're going to talk about who's the national player of the year, he's got to be right there in that conversation. Yeah, I mean, and I asked him if he's the toughest matchup because I just I think there's there's not a lot of guys out there, even you know, even an Oscar Sheboy or even a, a Drew Timmy or someone like that. Those guys are not so physically imposing that it's like there's no way you can conceivably guard them and make their lives difficult. Edie is so huge and so swift at that size that it's like you have to send multiple people at him and you got to be really disciplined in what you're doing because he's not a bad passer out of it either. And it's just like their team's their team's good. Like that yeah. that could be one of Matt Painter's best teams, I think, by the time it's all said and done. And that three-point shooting was huge because Edie's is Edie's passing ability now, like he is finding shooters. And that was that was one of my big worries. Like I figured he's gonna be a, a better passer than he was last year. But he's finding guys, and these guys are actually knocking down shots, and that is huge for their offense because they they run a lot of this swivel action where um, a lot of a post pinch post action, and the guards uh, swivel around up top, and they pitch it back to the guards, and then the big man just ducks in, and then there's all that room for the big guy that they create from that swivel action in the paint. And then that accumulates so many guys that come into the paint to try to help those big guys because they get off guard from the swivel action. And that corner three is so open all the time. That's why you see Purdue shoot so many wing and corner threes mm-hmm. is because of that action. And they they shot the shell of the ball just off that action this entire week. He is like, if you're a big man coming up right now and you're getting recruited by Purdue and you watch the way that that guy has gotten better, it would be really hard to say no to them. I think yeah, because what his, the floor of his talent at that time was pretty low. You know, it's like, you knew he had a really high ceiling, but it's like, he had a long way to be able to get to that point. But, Mm -hmm. and it's not like he's the first one that they've done this with, you know, they have a whole long run of big men that they've done this where they come in, they're kind of raw. And it's like, you see some, you know, you see some ability, but it's like, you really going to, it's going to take some shining them up and they always shine them up. Like they always get it to where the, by the time they're a junior or they're a senior, they are dogs. Zaggy and they dog. just, and they just keep getting these big fucks. Yeah, like where, they get them. Yeah. where do they find them? Seven, four, seven, five. It's like clockwork. Every single year they have a new guy rotating in. I'm pretty sure they have another one on the bench. And none of them they, come from, none of them come from the United States. 
That's the crazy thing. But none of them ever come from the same country either. It's like Bro, they they like have Zach Eadie's some... from Canada, you know. We need to contact Purdue fucking university and ask about what the underground shit's looking like for these big guys because <laughs> they just the come water? out of nowhere. Yeah. They just they have an underground big guy recruiting trail that no one else is accessible other than Purdue. I swear to God. There's something weird going on. And it's funny because somehow the fact that they're so reliant on those big men, they're not as bad. It's not as much as it was maybe like six or seven years ago, but it's like, that would be the thing that would carry them through the regular season. And then they'd get in the tournament and it'd be the thing that would kill them every time was that they were so reliant on those big men. You know, I don't think this team's got that as much. It doesn't seem like they've got the dynamic of like, we have to have two big men out there all the time. Like what they have other times. Yeah. And a lot of their action too, what I touched on earlier is a lot of uh, through the big guy. That's the, I got sneeze. Oh, it's not coming. That's what she said. (laughs) Oh, all right. Pass. Um, but yeah, a lot of their, a lot of swivel action is all through the big guy. So Mm -hmm. I think that's what kind of hurt them last year when they went against in the big, in the, uh, March madness, they relied so much on the big guy and, when they have off shooting nights, when the big guy's kicking it out, they, they are going to struggle big time. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Iowa. Uh, they got a win over Clemson on Friday, uh, lost to TCU on Saturday. And then they did get a win here just a little bit ago. Georgia tech those freaking clowns from Georgia tech blew my cover, gave up a bucket <laughs> to Tony Perkins with 13 seconds left in the freaking game, blew my cover, uh, had 95% chance, but, uh, what, what did you see from the the Hawkeyes over the weekend? I'll ask you first. Um, what what did you think that they learned about their team coming out of that tournament down in Florida? To be honest, I don't think they really learned a lot. Yeah. Um, they played Clemson. I didn't watch too much of a game. I had a game that night, but the little I did see, um, I mean, they get, they got up fifteen sixteen in um, the second in the second half, and they let the lead slip like they it was a two-point game all of a sudden and you know great granted i that i might me personally we've done that a bunch of times where we let leads slips but when you do that and that's going to carry over the next game and you saw exactly that with tcu and tcu just beat the living shit out of them the second game and you could tell there's a lot of uncertainty around their offense in that tcu game there was no flow um, a lot of turnovers tcu got up into their guards um, TCU rebounded really well. So I think uh, teams looking now at when they play against Iowa, that's going to be the recipe for beating Iowa, I think. So like when Iowa State's going to play them, they know they're going to play what they should be playing, their Iowa State way of pressuring guys, making them do exactly what they want to do on the defensive end. So honestly, I think it was a more showing for guys to for teams to beat Iowa rather than Iowa beat other teams based off their Florida tournament. How how much do you guys see that in the Big Ten with uh, the ball pressure the way that they do? And I mean, most teams in the Big Twelve play with oh, that ball pressure. Every really team, every, every team, team. yeah, yeah, yeah. Every team does. I know. I man, I got I would get picked up ninety four feet every single game. But yeah, that might be just because I was a short white kid. They saw you were eating, stealing candy from a baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cookies right there. They see that thing. It's like a, a, yeah, looking like a cookie. Oh, man. Uh, No, I just wasn't sure because, I mean, you just watch. I think you watch uh, 
man, especially it seems like when these big 12 teams play the teams from out West or the teams from like uh, the ACC or even the big East, it seems like those teams have a lot of trouble with the, that really intense ball pressure and really trying to push things out of the middle of the floor. Like they just do not know what to do with those types of scenarios, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of what it is for the big 10 is big 10 very reliant. All, most all the big 10 teams are very reliant on team defense. I think mm-hmm. other conferences are more individually set on defense. Obviously there's outliers like Iowa state and you know, Texas tech is definitely another outlier. They're big on team defense or, I guess it's Kansas, Texas I mean, now. Kansas, Baylor, like I think a lot of those yeah. teams, yeah. It's like if yeah. you're playing at that uh, high level, you got to be a team defense type of team. Right. Yeah. I think most of the Big Ten, I mean, Big Ten's really never had a problem with defense, in my opinion. They've always been a sound, obviously, there's teams like us that are more reliant on offense. That's our more scheme. But Who? most of the Big Ten, I would say that they're, they're really good defensive teams. Where would you rank uh, Nebraska's team defense in the time when you played against them? Oh, jeez. Are they better or worse than you guys? Oh, they're or worse. Were they? Yeah, they they're were worse. worse. Yeah. I mean, we shout weren't out, terrible. Shout out to Doc Sadler, but man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we weren't terrible defensively. I think we're top 60 my junior. My last three years at Iowa, I think we're all top 75 in defensive efficiency, which is See, and that was the thing. Is, that was always the conversation with your guys' team. It's like you knew you were going to be elite offensively. It's like, can they just be average defensively? They'll be okay. Yeah. you know. Which I think is what brought us over to that mark my sophomore year when we were fucking terrible. We are 14, 19. We were like, okay, we're 285 in defensive efficiency right now. If we even get to top 100, look how a difference of a of – a, Look how difference that makes right. just alone. It well, it's, so, that's like it's just the same conversation we had about Iowa State earlier, but flipped. You know, yeah. It's like if if Iowa State can just be top one hundred offensively, you know they're going right. to be competitive. You know, yeah. and have a chance. Yeah, it just is. I don't know. It's interesting. This is what I love about college basketball, though, is how you see just the different approaches. You know, to the game and in the NBA, it feels like everybody more or less plays the same. Like there, you know, there's going to be changes based on your personnel or things like that. But in college, it's like everybody has a style and every, all the coaches have a way that they play that you kind of can know, like from year to year, they're going to probably play like this and, and give you a pretty good idea. I don't know. It just makes college basketball fun. Everybody's just you are, Jared, you're spot on. Um, now that I've experienced playing professional basketball, we play, uh, Dude, so our like we have a lot of these wordings like blacked is like switch, you're switching. Weak is like you're pushing the guy to the left hand, strong, you're pushing the guy right hand. Then there's like these defensive wording like flush, touch, all mm-hmm. this stuff. I kid you not, dude. Even the offensive end, there's like delay where you pitch it to the trail guy, then you cut or screen away. Like there's all this offensive action. It is all the same in the G League. I'm not even joking. It's all the same in the next level of the NBA too. So you're dead on right. Everyone runs the same exact shit. Like we were playing in Grand Rapids two nights ago and uh, there's a ball screen and Grand Rapids players yell black, black, black. And they switch. We're like, yo, that's exactly what we did. Like we do. It's like, it's like literally you're spot on. It's all the same and, and professional college is all different. Yeah. And it just, I don't think it's wrong about the professional game. It just, is, no. it's just how it is, you know, and especially when well. everybody play. I mean, when you play as many games as they do, you know, it's just yeah. different. Like you kind of just have to have a style. It's like, we just go out and play, you know, right. and the scouting report matters to an extent, but not like it does in college. It just is a, 
I was thinking about this because, oh, I saw this tweet that I knew you would like. It was from, uh, it was from Big Cat tonight. Uh, he said, uh, I'm going to say something nice about Coach K, and no, I have not been kidnapped. <laughs> Uh, ready big cat noted coach K hater. He said as self-absorbed as coach K's year long retirement tour was, he at least didn't do whatever it is. Jim Bayheim has done to Syracuse basketball program over these last few years. Uh, this was in response to, I think Syracuse got their asses kicked tonight by Illinois. Yeah. They lost, lost 70, 73 to 44 to Illinois. Uh, and they have not been good all season. No. They weren't good last year. I mean, it. that's exactly what it is, though. It's like Jim Beheim needs clearly needs to step away. But if you take Jim Beheim away from Syracuse basketball, like, is it even the same thing? You know, and that's what I'm talking about, where it's just all different. Like, there's all these storylines with the coaches that, you know, the coaches have huge egos and things like that. Like, Jim Beheim is only the coach at Syracuse because he's – Jim Beheim and he just can't step away from it, you know? Hmm. I think what, what's crazy to me, though, is like a year and a half ago, they made the Sweet 16 with a very sub-average team. Yeah, and, and they've done that a couple times. Yeah, yeah, they've done it a couple times. So whatever he does in March, it works. I'm not saying like the, the teams he assembles are awful. Like that this, zone this, is, is really hard on, from what I've heard, is really hard on the quick scout. You know, the quick no, turnaround. It it's like if, if they can, I don't know. That's just what they've said. It's it hard is, to prepare for on the two it, days. It is so easy to to conquer. Like, team, I don't, I like, I'm watching games. Like, the first half of the Illinois game, they figured out in the second half, like, I figured they would. They had no idea what to do. I'm like, dude, the top of the key three is open. Like, every single possession, the middle, all you have to do is get the ball at the free throw line and let the yeah. big put a playmaker at the free throw line and let them decide on what they're going to do with that that possession of offense and that is and that sounds really easy that sounds really easy but, but jim guys do that jim Beheim's made a 40-year career on people not doing that that's what's crazy you know because he's I, a hall of fame I, coach off of people not doing exactly what you just said because 90 percent of people in college basketball have no idea what the fuck they're doing that's what i've decided after after coming in in inside that's what she said and coming out now like dude i'm like it's it's absurd to me what what I watch, what I've experienced. Some people just have no idea what's going on. So it's really funny when you I don't know. We were talking about something a couple weeks, like before the season had started, you know. And there was something you said that I was like, man, I feel like once you really can like be an observer of college basketball, you'll understand. It's like there's some shit that happens in college basketball sometimes that it's like the most boneheaded shit that you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm that when you're playing, you like can justify or like, yeah, yeah. Or you don't even see it, you know? But then once you get a little bit older, you're like, holy shit. Like there's some weird stuff that happens in this sport just randomly sometimes, you know? So random. And it's every night, every night, something fucking crazy will happen. Yeah. It's every night. And I, yeah, I've experienced it firsthand, dude. I don't know what the end of games thing is the one that always kills me. If you watch the end of college basketball games, it'll like, that's the kind of stuff that'll shorten your life watching how poorly teams handle late situations in some of these games. Just or handle anything like uh, uh, like one single adjustment made by the opposing coach and the other players just have no idea what the (laughs) hell they're doing. I'm like, dude, play basketball. Like you don't like, 
it's almost like turning to robots from so much. This is why like scouting reports I love obviously because you want to scout your opponents, but sometimes it turns players into like literally robots because they have no idea like what they're doing out there if something happens that differently from what it says on the scouting report. Like, dude, you've been playing basketball for twenty plus years of your life. Like you mm-hmm. need to figure it out on your own. You don't need someone to hold your hand through it. Well, and that's how you get from the point of like thinking and processing the game to just playing, you know, yeah. and feeling the game. But like, not many players have like any IQ in basketball no, either. Like, no. like it's unbelievable. Ninety, I would say ninety-five percent of college basketball players have lower than average basketball IQ compared to the normal. And the five percent are the ones that go and play professionally for a long yeah. time. You yeah. know, I mean, uh, what? Well, I mean, there's, there's some, a lot of guys that play professionally that there's don't have some outliers, high basketball yeah. IQs either, but they're the ones that are like the freaks, you know, yeah. like the, the, the freak athletes. Yeah, the superstars. Well, I mean, a lot of them, like they wouldn't be a superstar if they didn't have really high basketball IQs too. But yeah. Uh, no, it just, yeah, I don't know. It's just funny. You can turn on a random college basketball game and it's like, you you know, like anytime that I see Bryant is playing, now I'm like, oh, well, I know Brian's going to get up and down. They're going to score a bunch of points, and it's going to be, like, chippy as shit. So it's like you just assume that it's going to be crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. And then every time I see Brian is playing, a clip will come up. Like the other day, I think it was a Syracuse team. They were playing. It was Brian and Syracuse were playing. And Doug Edert, from C- the guy from St. Peter's, slapped a guy shit. across the face in the middle of a game. And I was like, what? And then what the fuck is going on? And then he ran to, away, you know, to be fair, to be fair. He got slapped before. Yeah. So. Yeah. He did. It was just funny that he slapped the guy back and then ran away. That was a business decision. Oh yeah. Yeah. He did the he right smart. thing. He did the if right you thing. had a six, 12, well, and then it's the coaches, instead of the, coaches instead of the coaches talking it out on the floor, they go into the media and talk shit about each other Dude. in the media. Like that's what takes that's it to the shit next I'm level. talking about. Yeah, like, that's what takes it to goes the in the level. fucking press conference and starts complaining about how it is a, a sarcastic apology because they because they weren't shaking hands with them. Like, are we literally twelve? Like, literally, right. are we twelve years old? Right. This man is 75, 70, 95 years old, and he's complaining about a guy being sarcastic to him. Like, grow the fuck up, <sighs> Jim Beheim, dude. What a fucking, How many times have we talked about this? Man? What a fucking <laughs> character. Well, and it's just, it's because what the things that he does are just like perfect. I mean, it's just, he's just an old head. It's one of those guys that just needs to move on, you know, but it's yeah. also like, I sit there and you know, Jim Beheim must be a fucking incredible basketball mind. Just someone mm-hmm. that would be incredible to talk basketball with, you know, because he, you don't have the longevity that like he does. If you, if you just are not a savant. You know, but it's crazy. Mike Hoskins or Mike Hopkins, whatever his name is, the guy that was at Washington, he was named mm-hmm. the coach in waiting at Syracuse in like 2014. <laughs> That's how long they've been wanting him to leave in Syracuse. Wait, basically. Waiting. He's going to be waiting for a long time. 10 more years, bud. Oh, Keep man. knocking on that door. It might not Ten. answer. How do you feel about, uh, about Iowa going into Duke next week? Duke's another team. I'm like, they're not very good this year. I don't yeah. know with, is it just me coming out of college basketball now and watching it first, like on TV and experiencing it? There's not a lot of good teams. I like, think the, you, the the gap between the good teams, I think is really small. This is, could be one of the crazier years for college basketball, because I just don't think there's that many dominant teams. Yeah, We're going to end got, up. It's going to be the kind of year where there's like 15 different teams that are ranked number one. You know, mm-hmm. 
Well, I was thinking, obviously, Purdue is really good. They proved that. But, I mean, I thought Houston, there's no one going to even come close to them this year. And they go, granted, Kent State's a really great basketball team, but they almost lost to Kent State at home. I'm like, if you're going to be a team that's – I mean, they just look so dominant for so long. Granted, Houston just kicked the shit out of Norfolk State tonight. But Ken Palm, ha- Ken Palm has uh, Houston with one loss, a two-point loss on the road at Virginia. Yeah, I don't see them losing to Virginia, to be honest. The only other one here that I think I would call a toss-up right now is Alabama. They play Alabama at home a week from Saturday. Yeah, that'll be a really good game. Uh, That Virginia game is going to be a bring-your-brass-knuckles type of game. Bring your fucking lunchbox and... Yeah, your hard hat. Your hard hat. It's going to be a 45-48 game. I'm looking at other teams here that could try and. But even Baylor, like, I thought Baylor was going to be really fucking good, and they mm-hmm. just lost by 30 to Marquette tonight. Yeah, got killed by Marquette. Yeah, I mean, I think I think these teams still could end up being really good, you know? It just is like maybe it'll take longer to gel for the really good teams, the ones that brought in transfers and things like that, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Texas will be interesting. They've got a couple good games coming up, or they've got a good game coming up on Thursday night against uh, Creighton. So I think we'll learn a lot about both those teams then. And then Tuesday night they play uh, Illinois too. So Illinois is really good. I would say that Illinois is looking really, really good this year. Yeah. So I think Texas is another one that we're going to learn a lot about here. All right. Uh, you got anything else that you want to touch on before we sign off? Uh, I don't think so. Trying to think if there was anything uh, else. Oh, uh, I was going to tell you, Cyclone Larry on Twitter wants you to unblock him. Oh, I yeah, you sent me a text message. You said that he is a fan of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Cy- shout out Cyclone Larry. So, are you going to unblock him or not? I don't block a lot of people. <laughs> like, I probably I would have to look through. How many? I don't. I don't think. It's I feel confident in saying that Cyclone Larry probably earned it. Uh, no I'm gonna go on a limb. No I don't know what he did. Yeah, no, it's Cyclone but, Larry, like I do yeah. on Twitter. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that he probably did something really, really that pissed me off, and I don't get pissed off ever. I think you and I actually think you and Larry would get along if you were able to, you know. Do you know real life Cyclone Larry? Well, I don't know him in real life. I know him on Twitter, uh, though. I know what he finds funny on Twitter. I think you guys would both have a similar sense of humor. He once got banned for like six months because he tweeted uh, at an account. It was at beer. I'm going to murder you. And he got banned <laughs> for six months. All right. This guy sounds electric. He sounds like a cool guy. Yeah, he's fun. He's fun. I, I do think that if you... If you unblock Cyclone Larry, he would bring you some joy. You would just have to accept the fact that he's definitely going to say some things that are going to be oh, out of pocket. I'm okay. You know? I, I'm okay with out of pocket shit. I mean, I say out of pocket shit every five minutes. But yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I haven't blocked a lot of people, so maybe that's my homework for tonight. I have to go through. Yeah, you'll see. go go see if Cyclone Larry can earn back this. What? Yeah, earn his, yeah. his way back in. More than likely, Cyclone Larry, you will be unblocked. Um, there we maybe go. We can, maybe Breaking we can murder we can murder a beer together, you and me, or or a few. Yeah, that would be that that would be a legendary moment, Cyclone Larry, and uh, <laughs> and you murdering some beers together. All right, thanks everybody I, I for listening. Uh, I, I do think I think I'm chipping away with a lot of Iowa State fans. 
I think so too. It seems like you've gotten a lot of people. Well, you know, you were tweeting the other night that the, about the offensive charges. Oh, dude, we didn't talk about. We tried ending the show. I fucking bet on Iowa State. Oh yes, I forgot Bro, all about that. How do we but, yeah, that? well, what's the matter? They got their asses kicked. Yeah, no shit. So did my wallet. It start. I'm. You know, I've started to notice something. Anytime that you tell me who you're betting on, it, those bets do really bad. Yeah, maybe that's a fucking sign. Yeah. How? It, it, I just felt confident. You know, it's. I didn't really I wanna, feel very confident in that that night, but I mean, I I didn't think oh, that they really? were going to lose the way that they did. You I know? texted you. I texted you before I made the bet. Well, I was fucking with you. Obviously, I said there's no way Caleb can shoot like that again. I was trying I to get information. I said, "What? You don't believe in him?" Yeah, and then I was like, "Oh shit! I'm fucking quadrupling down. <laughs> Unleash the whole fucking bank account on this shit." <laughs> Uh man, but I did think right before that shot was a killer. That one right before the half because they worked it to get it back within seven, and it's like, all right, they're they right no there. They yeah. No After that shot, it's like, oh shit, now they're down ten. It's just, yeah, yeah, it wasn't happening. How do we forget to talk about that one? You man, it just that game, dude. UConn was good, dude. They just kept answering. Oh, they're everything. a great fucking team. Yeah, that team got... is gonna be re- that. The Big East is gonna be fun with them and Creighton going back oh, yeah that's gonna be a really good conference but i just got like i literally tweeted i said i'm gonna put emotions aside i'm gonna place my first ever better foot with the on iowa state and what did i do i got my emotions i didn't get put my emotions aside i, I put emotional saying, i feel confident saying iowa state will win you more money if you can pick the right the right nights this year iowa state will win some people some money i mean that's the case with any team if you just pick the right nights you just gotta bet unders that's what you gotta do just assume they're bet, not going to score very I, many points. I did bet the under, but it did not help. I that one didn't hit either. I made I made too many dollar bills rain on the fucking plus <laughs> five and a half. Oh man, the plus five and a half. You had to have felt confident they were going to win at that point too. It's like, oh dude, I thought like you thought obviously it was team of destiny in the in the Phil Knight Invitational. I thought I was gonna have to. I was gonna like quit everything I'm doing. I should have texted like, you when I, the Iowa, Iowa State when the Iowa State women blew an 18 point lead in the first like and lost their game right before. I should have texted you and be like, "Cash it out, cash yeah. it out." That would have been a good friend. Bad Instead mojo you, in the arena tonight. Bad mojo. We don't like it. That would have been a that would have been a good friend move, but I guess we're not. We're <laughs> you're not a good friend. I guess that's what we've decided. That was that was a shitty that was a shitty move by you. Well, maybe you should follow your own fucking bets and keep an eye on the vibes <laughs> for your own fucking bets. I don't know. Fine, I'll only bet what Air am Force. I? Air, talking about wagons, the Air Force is the only bet that fucking hits for me. <laughs> I tweet, I tweet, support the troops, and seventeen people tail me, and we all fucking win. That's what we need to do. Just tweet, just just tweet hashtag support the troops. It fucking wins every, every time. Yeah, just tweet every night that the that Army, Navy, or Air Force is playing, or Coast Guard. Coast Guard plays as well. Uh, if they're if any of them are in the mix, you just got to bet on all of them. Every time, right? Even if you lose, like you're still, it doesn't matter. You support the troops, even though the money is not going anywhere. Well, I mean, I guess it probably could be going to the military, uh, but probably the not. Thought that counts. Yeah, it's a thought that counts. Or you could take your five dollars and give it to a charity that helps veterans. No, I'd rather bet on a seventeen leg parlay. <laughs> In hopes I win ninety five thousand dollars. 
not a chance in hell that is but man am i gonna have a ride uh, yeah plus like 9500 odds or something or plus 15,000 odds or something the like worst that. part of those two is you fucking put those bets in and the first game loses and you're like oh well fuck i put another one <laughs> every it's, time every dude, time bet, you're looking game. at your bet slips and you have like 2017 like parlays you don't even know what the fuck you're betting on at that point the, the <laughs> one that the one that keeps killing me is uh uh john ross will tweet out his bets and, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and they've been horrible dude they've been horrible so bad, <laughs> so so bad. bad. <laughs> that's what like scares me away from ever you know i'll tweet my bets out like every once in a while and i've got some people that follow me on action network and stuff like that but that's what scares me away from ever doing it is i don't want people to know that my bets like i have some days where bets just it just don't go very well you know i had one i put six bets out on my little note note sheet on twitter i think it was like two weeks ago and every single one of my i was all for six and i'm like Oh my God. Uh, I was afraid to check my DMS. I was like, someone's probably at, like wanting me to die. Like, I don't, I, someone probably found my address already. I needed to like hire a security guard. I need to buy a gun. I did that. I the one I did that. One of those first nights in the first, the next day I had people tweeting at me. You got any more than picks? Yeah, exactly. I was like, gosh, dang, it was one good night, folks. Like let's calm down here. Well, I'm yeah, not a betting I, account, you know. Well, that's what happened to me. Like two weeks later, I, I, I like I took the retirement shirt off. I got back in the game, and I had a six for six night. And then I've I had people tweet at me today, like, "What what's the lock? What's the lock of the night? What's the lock of the night for the Iowa game?" I was like, "Dude, you got to stop. Put <laughs> fucking call the hotline." <laughs> what that bets off, <laughs> dude? That reminds me, I was fucking betting on. Uh, we're just ranting right now, but I'm just betting on Yale, I, uh, Yale Hawaii during the yeah. I don't even know when that game was like three weeks ago, and I tweeted out like how the refs were needed to go to jail, which they need to open the investigation for that game still. And I had like the players from uh, Yale like liking my tweets and shit, and uh, <laughs> someone saw someone saw one of my tweets saying I was betting on this game, and they're like. Dude, if you're betting on the over in the uh, Yale Hawaii game, you need to call the hotline right now. I'm like, damn. <laughs> I'm Here. looking at my phone. It's like 2:30 in the morning. I'm like, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> I'll read you some of my bets. These are gonna be some. You need to call the hotline bets. I bet over 143 and a half in the Furman Appalachian State game today. Yeah. Uh, I had plus 25 a half in in Kentucky and Bellarmine. And Bellarmine mm-hmm. did cover the 25 and a half, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and then I've got UC Irvine plus 11 and a half tonight. And they're about to cover their might. They actually are about to win on the road in South Dakota state right now. Should so that money line. Well, I don't know if I was quite that confident in the Aniers. <laughs> they got a, the Aniers got a good program though. That's the thing that, that I think is fun is the mid major teams are fun to bet on because there's mm-hmm. certain ones that are just like, that are just fucking wagons, dude. Like UC Irvine is going to be a wagon during, mm-hmm. uh, during the big West, you know, yeah. UTEP is really good. That's another really good mid-major. Um, UA, UAB, Kent State. I'm going to be all on the Portland Pilots. I'm going to bet on the Portland, Portland Pilots in every game, dude. Air every Force? Week. Navy? Yeah. Is Navy good? <laughs> I bet on Army to win uh, a couple weeks ago, I think, to cover against somebody, but I don't. I can't remember who. I, had, I know I had Air Force 
minus two and a half two days ago they won by three and i was i almost i was taking my pants off running around the hotel room you should have turned around and donated that money to the air force veterans association or something you know what i did you probably bet it again turned around and bet some more on air turned around and bet it again a 15 leg parlay who who do you have who do you have this uh oh i guess that's next week isn't it i thought it was this weekend the army navy game that's next week we'll have to have a full breakdown of the army navy game next week on the podcast that yes we need to that would be electric yeah all right thanks everybody for listening we will uh talk to you guys again next week and talk to you guys again soon peace iowa everywhere